Hello and welcome to our second episode of Catholicism, Not Just for Dummies. I'm Father Andy. And I'm Father Andy. And this episode, the second episode, we'll be talking about cremation. Yeah, we're going to talk about what to do with ashes of the loved ones, resurrection of the body, and relics. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, and in everything, ad maiorum de gloriam. We are your hosts, Father Andy the Greater and Father Andy the Lesser. Buckle up, we've got a lot to cover. This is Catholicism, not just for dummies. Welcome to episode number two. Because we're on such a roll of positive things, we're going to talk about funerals today. Well, cremation specifically. Okay. So, but... um. Well, uh, before I was ordained, uh, I would talk to priests and they would say, oh, my favorite part, uh, or, the, no, I'm sorry, they would, they said they would prefer funerals to weddings. Um, I think just because weddings get so much hype and there's just like so much, you know, you know, um, everything has to be big and correct and especially for the bride and everything. And so I think uh, a lot of priests view funerals as being a lot less stressful kind of more low-key or whatever um yeah i think sometimes it was the 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 people with the wedding were interested in just the celebration and then getting on to the reception and not yeah. very open to the spiritual aspect of it or the prayer or the liturgy yeah but i i found in my own priesthood actually the opposite um and you know maybe it's my own fault but it just seems like people want to canonize people and do weird things with the ashes, which is kind of what we're talking about today mm-hmm. with cremation. And so um, that was, it doesn't cause stress for the family, but it causes stress for me because I'm like, what, what's going to happen? Right, right. So, um, but yes, um, when did the church start allowing cremation? Because that wasn't always true, was it? I think yeah, in, in the uh, it's I think I don't know when the date was, but before Vatican II, cremation was not permitted okay. for uh, Catholics. And, there, and there's kind of a little history that I found on um, uh, question and answer to, and it, it's still the preference, right? That you have a body. I think buried, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, the it's interesting that the, it's still the preference that the body be at the funeral mass, and then cremated, and then buried. Right. Yeah. Um. But most people, I uh, have the if they're do, gonna do cremation, the ashes, the cremains are there at the funeral mass, which is allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, in a lot of cases, it seems like it's comes down to something that is with regard to the price like it's more expensive to oh it is coffin. it is way more expensive to have a coffin yeah. but now the, some of the urns can be kind of expensive too that you get for oh really for the cremation so, remains have you gotten your urn ready <laughs> uh i'm not planning on using an urn <laughs> yeah neither am i we'll, um, we'll have to take a trip down to new mallory and get some caskets from the trap we should yeah those are the simple pine boxes or whatever, right? Or right, yeah. Father Jennings had one of those. I think he used it as a bookshelf before oh, using so it for his There's other coffin. uses for it. Right. For... Yeah, you could just look over there and say, there's my burial spot. Sweet. <laughs> Excellent. 
Oh, Father Jennings. Um, God rest him. Okay, God, so, 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 so anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, so in the line of things, uh, preferences, uh, body at the funeral mass and body burial. The next line would be the body at the funeral mass and then cremation and then burial. Mm -hmm. But most people, which is still allowed to do cremation and then the funeral mass and then the burial. Right, yeah. And so I think what happened when the church permitted cremation is that there was an unintended consequences that they well, didn't really think Well, maybe we should about. back up slightly. Like, why did the church not allow it? Or why is the preference oh, yeah. still for uh, body burial? Yeah, I, in the... And in, uh, in what I looked up, it said that in the early days of the church, the uh, the Romans, which would be the pagans, practiced burning the body, thinking that they didn't need it anymore. There was no view of the resurrection, whereas Christians would bury the body and, and all the language that Jesus uses in the church is like they are sleeping here until they awaken, yeah. meaning they'll be raised. Yeah, and at the, the end dead. of the creed, we talk about the resurrection of the body, right? Right, yeah. And so the, so the church permitted cremation as long as it was not a denial of the resurrection of the body. So I don't know if people know that or not. That yeah. Do they still have faith in the resurrection of the body from the grave? Because yeah. Father Cook was talking about that one time with parishioners, and he was like, yes, those bodies out there in the cemetery are going to be raised up from the dead and reunited with their souls. And, and a lot of people didn't really think that was true. Really? They think, well, our soul lives on, but... Um, not this graphic idea of our bodies being raised up from the grave. Um, so recently, um, one of the, I think it was one of the kids at my grade school in California, they asked if when I am, when my body is resurrected, will I have one ear or two ears? Mm, yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Say? I said, I don't know. I mean, there's a sense of the perfection of the body, right? The perfection right. of the soul. Right. And so, like, people who have, um, like, a mental illness or even, I would say, even, um, what, what can I think? Um, well, you have 21 chromosomes. Um, Down syndrome. Down syndrome. Like, mm -hmm. you know, these types of things where, you know, because it's not, uh, a full expression of the soul, um, the body will reflect the perfection mm -hmm. of the soul. But in some way, it seems like that's part of who they are. I mean, that's oh, how you fine. know them in, okay. those, in those cases, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the question remains, yeah, well, I have one ear or two ears <laughs> in the resurrection. People might not recognize you if you had two So maybe we should stick with one. <laughs> But you'll be able to hear perfectly, regardless. <laughs> okay. I'll be able to play Marco Polo without getting angry. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another question is, what about tattoos? Uh, you know, people get tattoos. It's a permanent mark on their body. Will that still be there when their body is that raised is from the dead? Question. What do you think? What do I think? Um, I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. I suppose it's part of their body um but yeah I don't, yeah i i mean maybe not i mean it's you know they talk about you know what age will we be like mm -hmm. what age will our body be and a lot the cl closest thing to an answer is i've heard is like you know 
the age of Jesus, right? Like 32 or 33. Yeah, I think St. Thomas said that. Okay. And that's backed up by that kid that died in the book, Heaven is for Real. Real. He saw his grandfather, but he was like 30 years old okay. when he saw him. And, and so he identified him from an old picture they had of him. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if, uh, if tattoos would be a part of that or not. Yeah, so, I'm not sure. Yeah. So... We'll be surprised, I guess. Yeah, what about people's nose rings? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Now, uh, the interesting thing is Jesus did have the wounds when he rose from the dead. Ooh. Uh, whereas I think for uh, the rest of us, our bodies will be healed. But okay. but he kept the wounds for a specific reason to yeah. show that he died for us. And now they become a source of grace because the the divine mercy flows from yeah. the wound in the side. Well, revelations so talks about the the wounded lamb right mm -hmm. yeah standing as though slain yeah and so yeah it would make sense that christ would keep his wounds yeah yeah in heaven whereas the rest of us i think we would not yeah our wounds would go away like if you lost your arm in a farm accident or something You'd have yeah. it back yep. in the yeah. resurrection. Yeah, again, so part of that perfection of the soul right. or whatever. Right. Um, and two, uh, I mean, you could relate it to other things, but, you know, when Jesus talks about uh, the wedding feast, like the white garment, right? You take off whatever clothes you have, you know, the people or whatever that are welcome to the wedding feast, they take off, you know, whatever work clothes they have and they put on the white garment. Mm -hmm. right? So that sense that, yeah, that will... Uh, they'll be white and purified okay. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard of that, that you'd have to take off your other clothes first. Well, no, it's just like, what is that parable with the, the wedding guests? Yeah. And there's that one wedding, the guest that will, that refuses to change. He was found without a white garment. Yes. Yeah. And he couldn't answer when they asked him, why not? Why not? Which I think refers to the baptismal garment, right? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it has a lot of other inferences, but I mean, you could even ex extend it, I think, you know, to this too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but anyways, we're getting slightly off topic. Okay, so let's get back to cremation. So yeah. as a result of, um, the, the you know, the, the guidelines for the church say that the cremation can't uh, affect the soul. It's only doing something to the body. And uh, God is still able to raise the body from the dead, even if it's been reduced to ashes. Because I think they said there was a lot of people who were buried like for hundreds of years. And when they dug up their grave, there was nothing left, not even bones that they had completely disintegrated. Yeah. And like, this is just my, what my mind is. I've always wondered about like people who were uh, like, because uh, I think it's a practice, like if you die at sea, like if yeah. you're in the armed forces, they kind of throw your body overboard or whatever. Or yeah, do they, they bring them back? No, they have. They throw it into the ocean. Yeah, and so I've always wondered about that too. So They're, I think something that's a, similar. It's an acceptable way of burial, I think, for Catholics. Okay, um, but again, I would assume that the sea would deteriorate the body even faster than. Yeah, because I think that's even in Revelation where the where the final resurrection and it says that the land and the sea give up their dead oh, and they're okay. raised from the cool. dead. So okay. it takes into those like into account. Sweet. So anyway, um, 
the the uh, the church just came out with some guidelines a few years ago on cremation just because it's been um just to clarify this is so our diocese or the the vatican the vatican okay. yeah yeah and that is that um what people have done with the ashes of the deceased person after cremation uh the the church reminds us that still the body of the person and so it should be treated with respect and buried in in looking forward to the resurrection but there's there's been stories of people who have um, mixed the ashes with clay concrete or paint and then making a, a a mural out of it or putting it into a building they've been mixed with vinyl and they have a musical memento i guess they made a record out of their ashes uh they've been used in fireworks so shooting them off in the sky in sweet in jewelry for for people yeah, who I've used to be that, hunt, like a little hunt. pendant or yeah, yeah yeah that's we see that quite a bit now actually yeah. unfortunately and then for people who are hunters they put them in ashes in the shotgun shells and then go shoot something with them oh, and uh and then i think um william shatner wants to be ejected into outer space when he dies and puts puts his uh cremated remains out into outer space okay I mean, no offense to anyone, but I wish I was that creative. To, to come up with those ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you had some time, you could think about it. But anyways. Yeah, so I think um, there there's a whole industry now with... Um, the jewelry, you know, dividing their ashes up into really? little. Well, I've heard of that. Like this person takes some of the ashes. This person takes some of the ashes. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes they can even do different things with it. Right. So. I was, yeah, I was that one where the reception and they had like twenty-five little vials of ashes on necklaces that they were handing out to people, and then pretty soon I saw them laying on the floor because they broke from oh, a yeah. kid that was wearing it, and yeah. and. Uh, Yes, yeah. I yeah, and I even get worried. Maybe it's slightly different topic, but I get worried when like people, um, the this uh, the family extended family says, you know, oh, you know, we're gonna have the funeral mass now, but we're gonna do the burial. We're gonna and we're gonna do the cremation now, but we're gonna bury the ashes. You know, when it the weather gets warm or whatever, and I'm just like, where are the ashes gonna be? And yeah. in the meantime, where yeah. where are they gonna be doing? Um, yeah, I think you know they, they, uh, that was brought up in the church's teaching as well that it should not be kept in their home, but in a in a respectable place. So I think, you know, if there's if there's some reason to delay the burial, it it would be good to keep them at the funeral home for. Example. I know that some, if not all, funeral homes offer that. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because otherwise, I mean, you have human remains in your house, if you think about it. That's what yeah. you have when you have ashes of of someone who has died. Yeah. And the same thing with wearing it, wearing it around your neck. I mean, you're you're wearing a part of someone's body around your neck, a human human remains. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, you know, back up just a little bit too. So as Catholics, we believe that we are body and soul. I don't know if this, I think this came up last episode too, but mm -hmm. we are body and soul. Like, it's not like our body is just like, 
uh, I've done so far as so for, you know, 90 years or whatever. Right. And so when we die, it's not like the body is just something that we can dispose of or do whatever we want with. Like, it, you know, the vessel has done its job. Like, mm -hmm. we can, it's no longer needed. But no, like, we believe that as Catholics, that we're a body, soul, entity. Or, right. And so the body is still, even though the soul has left the body, the body in some ways is still part of who we are. And in some ways, the soul is incomplete. Right. Until it's reunited with the body at the end of time. Yeah, I would say it's not a it's not a natural state for the soul to be disembodied. Yeah, it's an unnatural state for a human being. Yeah, because we're meant to have a body, and your body is as part of who you are, just as much as your soul is. Yeah, and so that's why the church teaches that we have to continue to honor and respect and to take care of the body even after the soul has left the body. Right. Because the soul will inhabit that body somehow at the end of time again. Right. It'll so, be glorified, but it's the same body. It's the same body. And so how do we respect and honor the body even when the soul is not is not uh, with the body? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if we think about where they put cremation remains in jewelry, what's going to happen like a hundred years from now to that necklace? You know, yeah. there'll be someone who will say, I don't even know who this is and probably throw it in the trash. And that's not respectful to our no. loved one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think uh, that that is kind of the uh, the background or the reason for the uh, the guidelines of the church with regard to remains that that the most respectful thing to do is to bury them. So um, also it is it says it's not allowed to scatter the ashes in order that every appearance of pantheism, naturalism, or nihilism be avoided, which is interesting that they yeah. phrase it that way. Uh, what we're talking about maybe a little bit along the lines of nihilism, right? Like yeah, like your body is like you disappear when you die yeah, or something like yeah, that. You know. So, yeah, even further, like we don't even have a soul. Like that's just the end. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think that was in the Golden Compass. That's kind of the view of nature that that movie or book okay. says. Is when we die, we just disperse into the elements again and, and uh, yeah. there's no individuality anymore okay um uh, which is not the catholic belief yeah um so yeah so uh, another question when this comes up though is if we're not permitted to do these things with the ashes of a deceased why is it that we can venerate relics then which are parts of the bodies of saints yeah, which is a, and a have good them question. on display and things like that yeah so w what do you think <laughs> uh no this question came up um at the newman center i think a couple of years ago and i forget exactly what the conclusion was yeah um but it, it is a good question uh because it, Catholics have venerated relics since almost the very beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, and yet, from the very beginning, Jesus' teaching is that, you know, the resurrection of the body. And so how do we, um, yeah, kind of um, mesh these two uh, histories together? So Yeah, I think there's, um, there's a few examples in Scripture of 
of uh, relics as we have come to know them today and ones even in the old testament that was um there was a dead man who was touched to the bones of the prophet elisha the man came back to life and stood up on his feet and so that that would be the relics of the prophet had the healing powers to raise someone from the dead well obviously it's god's power but but it was through, through the intercession of yeah. the bones yeah. yeah and then there's another time where um handkerchiefs or aprons that had been touched to saint paul were applied to the sick and they were healed because of it so that's that second class that's relic. like a second class relic you know yeah. And uh, even just uh, the apostles walking by, they laid them on the streets so that their shadow would pass over them, and they were healed just by that happening. Uh, so that's a not even a second-class relic because yeah. it wasn't physically touching. <laughs> no, it's not really a third-class relic. Right, even. Yeah. So, so what what is uh, first, second, and third class relics? Yeah, that's a good point. We should start there. The first class relic is a part of the body, right? So again, a bone right. or a hair or mm -hmm. you know something like that. So an actual part of the body or the blood, like Pope or John the blood. Paul. Yep. You know. uh, second class relic would be something that they used or wore, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. piece of their clothing. Um, yeah. Was there a world you day in Poland where they were handing out like second class relics of Saint Faustina or something? Um, or I think part of her habit. Or part something? of her habit. No, they were they were down to third class relics at that point. But I uh, I had been there in um, 1995, I think, with Father Cook, and they had they had uh, pieces of her habit that they were cutting up and putting into reliquary cards, and so we got one at that time. Okay. Before she was even beatified, but. Okay. Now they're a little harder to come by. Come by. Okay. And then a third class relic is something that you touch to a first class relic. Right. right. Yeah. So, you touched it to the dead body. Yeah. So, like when I was in the Holy Land or whatever, or even in Rome, like you take, I would take a rosary around and touch it to the different holy sites. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, th so, and those are quite plentiful because you can get them in the mail sometimes there's third glass relics of padre pio or saint anthony those are pretty yeah. common yeah cool so anyway why is it that we can have relics but we can't keep the ashes of our loved ones so what is the answer <laughs> what's the Father answer <laughs> all right well I think um, just a couple things in the in the research on that, and one is that the the saints have been canonized by the church as a model for holiness, and so once once that happens, then it's permitted to venerate their relics. In other words, to uh, to have their relics and ask their intercession and their prayer and so forth, because we know that they're in heaven for sure. Okay. And secondly, relics are for public veneration is is how they're supposed like some people might have relics but they're supposed to be for the the veneration of everyone in the church not just a private thing that i have for okay. myself yeah so i don't know if there's any other distinctions that, that we could make about that okay so since you're four years older than i am i sh when you pass away i should venerate your relics until you're beatified right yeah okay. yeah hopefully i'll be in heaven but i don't know if i'll be beatified or not 
So maybe, maybe if I become a martyr, then then it'll be more yeah quick or clear. Yeah, I'd I'd like to be like Saint Polycarp, who lived until he was eighty five, and then they killed him for <laughs> his faith. <laughs> he he almost made it to the end, but he was martyred. Yeah, I was talking with some students uh, one day, and we're like, you know, we would settle for companions. Like, you oh, know, one of the companions. <laughs> yeah, we would be willing to be just one of the companions. Yeah, if we can if we can be next to someone who's a great saint and then gets killed, maybe we'll be a companion. <laughs> we'll get we'll get in on his shirt tails. <laughs> so uh so no, that's it that's an interesting distinction. So once the church declares them to be in heaven uh, as a recognizing of the church, then it's permissible to venerate the relics. Right. Yeah. Oh. And in view of the fact that they're going to be raised from the dead and reunited with the soul that is a saint. Yeah. In heaven. So, um, but most likely your grandmother uh, is not going to be a recognized saint. Most you know, likely, yeah. no matter how holy she is, some people might have grandmothers yeah. that are, but um, but even though she, they may be very holy, and so it would be good not to have first class or uh, parts of their body around your home. No, yeah, right. I think one thing that we forgot to mention is the the scattering of ashes. That's another practice that people do. Is it's in that movie, The Way, where they walk the on the, the Camino, oh, okay. and they're carrying their is it their father's yeah. ashes, and at the end they dump them in the ocean. Yeah. And um, the church says also you shouldn't scatter the ashes of a person who has died either on land or on the water, uh, or in the air, you know, from an airplane. So um, what I was gonna scatter my ashes at St Andrews, the golf course in Scotland. Um, well, I think um, the what, birthplace of golf. What, one of the reasons for that is um, it's it's appropriate to have a place to go to pray for a person ooh, who has ooh, died, ooh, and so when we have a grave and a marker with it, it's very helpful to to, to go to that place. That. When we when they're scattered, we don't really know where they are. Yeah. Secondly, if they're scattered like on a field, you know, in the springtime, they dump manure on the field after that. And that's, I don't think that's very respectful to their body. Yeah. And uh, on the golf course, there's probably like goose droppings and things like that. And yeah. People making divots. People um, <laughs> pounding the ground with their club after a bad shot is going to be yeah, hitting your ash. <laughs> Not that I've ever seen that happen before. <laughs> Talk about me. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yeah, and you no, know, uh, backtracking maybe a lot, but um, you know, so many people want the at the funerals want the celebration of life, mm -hmm. right? And um, but that doesn't recognize that the the purpose of the funeral mass is to pray for the repose of their soul, because as Catholics, we believe in not just heaven and hell. But also in purgatory, if there's you're in heaven, there's no reason to pray for you because you're in heaven. If you're in hell, there's no reason to pray for your soul because you're not getting out of hell. 
Uh, but the whole reason to pray for the dead is not just to remember, you know, grandma or like, you know, mass intention or whatever, um, or the, is even more so the funeral mass. It's not to, to remember them, um, but even more so to pray for the repose of their soul that they may be um, given extra graces to speed them along in their purification right. from purgatory to heaven. Right, yeah. We don't really know the state of their soul yeah. other than the church's teaching that they must be um, perfectly holy to enter into the presence of God. So, so, uh, so yeah, so, um, yeah, we, celebrations of life, uh, I, 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 um, yeah, I, I, it's hard on me when families approach me and want to do more of a celebration mm -hmm. of life. Because yeah. The funeral mass, I used to pray for the deceased and pray for the repose of their soul. Right. Yeah. And I think it, what they're trying to avoid is um, a feeling excessive sadness over someone, but but I think, you know, that's part of the grieving process that we have to go through. As yeah. you know, it is a loved one that we've lost, and there's a there's a proper space for mourning that we go through. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, even Jesus, when his friend Lazarus died, he wept. Yeah. And um, yeah, and sometimes like depending on the funeral readings, sometimes I'll go back to Genesis and just say like, you know, in some ways death wasn't part of God's original plan. Right. Like, you know, it wasn't until after the fall that, you know, death entered the world. And so there's this sense that, you know, life is better than death. Mm -hmm. And so when death happens, like something isn't quite right. Right. And it's okay to mourn that. Right. Yeah. And certainly we will miss them. But yeah, I think the the gift that we have as Christians is that there is the resurrection from the yeah. dead, that this is not the last word. Yeah. Uh, death is not the end, as it says in the uh, prayer. So death is not part of the original plan. There's something bad about death. But at the same time, it's because of recognizing that that, is, uh, that the resurrection is all the more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the resurrection in Christ. Yeah. That will will have our lives back, including our bodies. Yes, in an even greater way than here yeah. on earth. So, so uh, it would please me very much if um, if you ever you know pass or if a loved one passes, not to ask for a celebration of life, um, but rather to use the opportunity of the funeral mass to pray for the mm -hmm. repose of the deceased, um, and again, ideally, task it. Uh, mass um, uh, with um, burial, casket burial. Uh, second best would be uh, casket or, you know, the body at the funeral mass and then cremation and then burial. Mm -hmm. um, but then the, uh, the third would be the usual kind of cremation um, and then the funeral mass and then burial, um, but not to do anything other than that with the ashes. Right, giving proper rest to the remains of the person. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening in. Uh, and I hope to um, be with you again soon. Yeah, if you have questions you'd like us to discuss and um, joke about, let us know. Okay, thank you. God bless. Bye.
Anything else we want to add? I thought you were going to say that you wanted them to pray that you get another ear when you rise from the dead. <laughs> Maybe that would be good. That would mean a lot to me idea. if you prayed for that. I'll put that on my holy card. Any any favors received, please write to the Vatican. <laughs>